Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Break it down. News of the day. None other than Dina Saik Dahl, law and crime legal analyst and an amazing individual. She'll be a great breakdown, a lot of legal issues on the agenda. Top story of the day. We are the first to talk about this nationally, I believe. A man buries his daughter. Six years of age, alive, leaves her overnight. Let's put up his picture full mass. It is a disturbing and extreme story. John Kraft is his name. Kraft of Waynesburg has, was jailed after police interviewed the girl and her siblings. Who said their father buried the girl alive in a hole in their yard overnight. That left her smelling like sewage, according to the local news station KDKA TV. Social workers in Greene County found severe bruising on her face and body last month, according to police, who documented old and new bruises on her body. The girl told officers that Kraft frequently beat her with a belt and his arm, which has a metal rod surgically implanted in it. And he allegedly choked his daughter until she blacked out. Kraft has, has been charged with multiple counts of aggravated assault, simple assault, strangulation, endangering the welfare of a child, reckless endangerment, false imprisonment of a minor, and unlawful restraint of a minor. Uh, currently, he remains in jail. He does have a bond. Ironically enough, he has a bond, but he is still in jail because. He has been unable to post that bond according to the most up to date court records. All right, so let's analyze this. Obviously, this abuse has been ongoing based on the allegations. Multiple, multiple siblings testify to this extreme, violent, and criminal conduct of craft. Now, the irony for me is this currently, he does have a bond unable to post it that could change. I'm not sure why he has a bond. Now I have seen rappers, especially those in city of Atlanta, Fulton County, no bond, even though there's no 
evidence connecting them to a particular crime, just a lot of rap lyrics. But judges have decided not to pose a bond to allow them to leave. Now a bond is supposed to be surety for your return. And judges can utilize multiple factors, including a preponderance of the evidence presented. And if you are a flight risk, a danger to others in the judge's opinion. They have a lot of leeway, so to speak. So I'm glad I have attorney at law, Ms. Dahl on the show. Uh, answer this for me. When a judge decides to still grant a bond, even though they have jurisdiction to say, no, this person is a risk to the community. Why do you think in a case like this with such an extreme charge and yes, a high preponderance of evidence presented during the bond hearing, why would this guy still even get a bond in the first place? It is surprising because it is a violent crime. Usually people accused of violent crimes are the ones who are less likely to be able to post a bond. But I think you kind of mentioned it in that question about how sometimes things are handled a little differently. And the thing about the law is there's the law and then there are a ton of exceptions. And most rules kind of like this are very subjective and it kind of depends on whatever judge you get. Because there are a multitude of factors, it's not really a bright line. And so for whatever reason, this judge thought he wasn't going to be a threat of harm to the community, wasn't a flight risk, as you mentioned. He could have gotten a judge literally in the next courtroom who would have had a completely different outcome. But I just, the fact that this was against his own daughter, and really I think that he should be charged with attempted murder if he's not already charged with that, it's pretty extreme. And so I would have thought the prosecution would have had like an excellent argument for why he wouldn't be out on bond. So I am surprised about it. But I think partly it's that there's a lot of discretion. A judge has a lot of discretion over decisions like this. You know, and it is interesting because you're right, there is no bright line as it relates to bonds typically. But usually judges, they try to make decisions of bond based on possible criminal conduct of the individual. If you have a person who has engaged in such extreme action, and there's a preponderance of evidence from the minors who are involved. Would this not start to blur the lines as it relates to a judge's duty to make sure people are safe, especially minors in that local jurisdiction? I mean, absolutely. And and here is the problem. We've been talking about bonds a lot, right? Like as a nation, because there's a lot, there's a push for a no bail bonds because a lot of the time somebody who can't afford a bond is caught up in jail where a wealthy person goes out. So we've had this discussion a lot. And it usually the line is if you committed a violent offense, you know, then we want it. But technically the person hasn't been convicted yet, right? So he could very well be innocent and then he has spent this time in jail. And that's kind of like why there is even a discussion about whether or not to keep somebody in jail until their trial. Probably what helped is this is his first offense, right? That was probably the argument his lawyer made. But again, the fact that he committed attempted murder against his own child, usually that is the circumstance where you would say, you know, this person is a threat and should remain behind bars until their trial. Yeah, well said. We will continue to follow the story as it develops.
Let me take you now to Dothan, Alabama. Dothan, Alabama has a coach, high school coach, who physically assaulted the assistant coach. And the head coach who did this receives virtually no penalty whatsoever. Very slight. Here it is. Let's put up the screenshot of that violent attack. The coach is doing that to one of his own coaches, okay? There's significant background to this story. Let's put his picture up full mass. You're looking at Dothan Wolves, head football coach. His name is Jed, Jed Kennedy. Jed Kennedy, for the physical assault you just witnessed, will serve a whopping one week suspension. It's actually just one day when you look at the games that he has been suspended from. He will receive one week suspension for pushing an assistant coach to the ground during the game. There's even more background because we have some people on the ground in Dothan, Alabama that contacted us. According to Dothan City School Superintendent, Dr. Dennis Coey. Let's put his picture up. Dr. Dennis decided to give a press conference, not to advocate for the protocol and policy of the school. He did not do a press conference to announce him firing this coach. He did a press conference to support him. Uh, an investigation into the matter was made apparent to Dr. Dennis that this was, in his words, an isolated incident. That's what he said. It is an isolated incident and not indicative of the true character of Coach Kennedy. Okay? Kennedy is said to have personal, professional, and financial consequences for the incident, and that any further actions of this nature will result in more extreme measures, according to the good doctor. All right. So you can literally physically assault another member of the faculty, of the staff. You can commit a criminal act and then have zero criminal penalty, be suspended virtually one day. They say one week, but it was one day as far as games are concerned. And then the superintendent, the guy in charge will come to your defense. Now, how do you uphold a measure, a standard for students in that kind of environment? How do you hold accountable young people to behave in a particular way when we can see adults behaving adverse to policy and law and they get the backing of the good old boy network in Dothan, Alabama? There's more to this story. There's an anonymous individual in Dothan who sent us this message directly. Let's put it up. I was just told that there are two. Black assistant coaches on Kennedy's staff that have been assaulted by the same coach. He says, assistant coach Turner was choked. Assistant coach Brune, not sure of the spelling of the last name, was struck. Also, I'm being told that Mr. Walker is autistic. His mental deficiency is well known and obvious to all. This info comes from someone very close to the Dothan High School Athletic Program. The person who sent me this, is a citizen in very good standing with that community. Very high standing in government himself. And he decided 
to contact us directly in order to set the record straight and give us more background to this, what he calls injustice. Let's put up a picture of the coach during his press conference where he was all just teary eyed and shook up. During a tearful press conference, Kennedy made the following statement. On Friday night, I made a mistake I will never forget. A huge mistake and there is no excuse for it. I have apologized to those involved and taken measures to ensure they will not happen again. What's a possible motive for the reason this coach remains employed and without criminal penalty? This is Kennedy's first season, Coach Kennedy's first season as the school's head coach. He has 14 previous seasons as the head coach or head coaching experience at five different schools where he was 115 wins, only 47 losses. Kennedy also coached in Wisconsin where he made three state finals, winning one in 2011. There it is, there it is, as long as you're winning coach, You can physically assault individuals on your team. You can do criminal activity in front of the world, in front of the students, in front of the parents, and there's no penalty. You can do this coach because you're a winner, but the students are losing. That lesson was a horrible lesson for them to learn. That rules do not apply to individuals like the coach because the coach can win a football game at a high school stadium. Uh, Once again, put the screenshot up. You clearly see an unprovoked attack. That's it. And according to individuals in Dothan, this coach, this is how he responds to people on camera and off. All right, Ms. Dahl, help me understand this. There's a clear assault here. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the assistant coach did not sign a waiver to be assaulted. I know typically there are waivers signed by people that play in contact sports that basically says, I'm going to give the opposition team within reason, I'm gonna give them permission to make contact with me because that's the essence of the sport. So we understand those waivers do exist. This assistant coach signed no such waiver and this was not in the spirit of competitive sports, so why? Was there no charge when the police are not required to have anything more than what they see in front of them in order to affect a charge? Why did it not happen? And also, I mean, he would, the assistant coach would have a great case, a great civil case against his employer, the university, for not protecting him for having an assault on his job. I mean, can you imagine if this happened in a corporate environment and somebody just assaulted their coworker and everybody decided this was just an isolated incident. I mean, that would never happen. And I feel like there's a lot of kind of like boys will be boys. And because we're in a sports environment, then anything goes, which is really bad for boys. And like you said, this was a really bad example to his male students. 
Because also for one, we probably know how he treats them. He obviously has a temper. If he's gonna do that on TV, national television, I can't imagine how he is. Even if he's not physical, he probably really has a temper with his students. And to get no consequence, I think shows like who's protecting the men. Why if it, just because you're a male and you're in sports, does that really mean that you're giving up you know, all bodily autonomy against yourself? Like that whole message is just awful. And in terms of actually the police bringing a charge, I mean, if the person who was assaulted isn't going to cooperate with the police, they have a harder time bringing a case. It's not impossible, but it's a harder time. I don't know if they even interviewed the assistant coach to find out if he wanted to cooperate. They certainly should have done that. Everybody saw that. That would have been, you know, lapse of their duty if they didn't at least look into it. Yeah, and there's no evidence of any exhaustive investigation. There's no evidence that this was taken seriously in the beginning, nor now. All right, we have an update to a story that we broke right here on Indisputable. A white female parent goes to a school, assaults a black female student. The student gets in trouble. Well, guess what? Since our reporting, everything has changed. Let me remind you of that video. So sad, remember in our original reporting, the police report said that the white female adult was actually there to simply break up the fight and no criminal penalty was allocated to her. The black female student did receive a criminal penalty and an institutional penalty for being attacked at her own school. We broke that story last week. Once again, everything has now changed since our reporting. Let's put up a picture of the mother of the young black female victim in this story. The Soto County, Mississippi is where this happened. This incident, this debacle was following the fight. Following the fight, the adult was allowed to leave Lake Comorant High School without a charge. While the teens in the fight were charged with assault. The mother of the teen attacked by an adult, Shamika Stringer, says the adult should have never been allowed on campus. And the school resource officer, Sheriff's Deputy James Suggs, submitted a faulty police report. We do have that police report. Ms. Stringer would go on to say, and I quote, I think he was just trying to protect the white lady from getting in trouble. If I had to guess, that's the only thing that makes me think this is like a racial thing. Let me give you the count of everything that has changed since the reporting. A warrant has now been issued for the arrest of the white female, Jenny J, for criminal trespass on the high school grounds. Number two, she has a second warrant for simple assault that has not yet been signed by a judge, but should be shortly. Number three, Lake Camorin High School has reversed 
the suspension on the girl attacked by the adult. Number four, DeSoto County Sheriff's Public Information Officer Trish Clark says the youth court assault charges against the four teenage girls in the fight will now be completely dismissed. Number five, DeSoto County NAACP intervened following our broadcast. And lastly, two sheriff deputies have been dispatched to arrest the woman. DeSoto County NAACP board member James Mathis told indisputable. This is why it's important to not only support platforms of truth, but to engage directly in stories like this. Not only have we transformed the reality of that particular incident and those individuals involved, students included, but we have set a precedent, a policy, a standard for how to treat individuals in that community. Here's what Mathis said, we wanna know why this lady was not arrested immediately for being on campus and putting her hands on a student. Once again, James Mathis, NAACP. The incident report, let's put it up, says that Jenny, the white female adult, intervened to stop the fight. But the video shows the adult threw the blow, the punch at the teen's head. The report reads, and I quote, as both students exited the school doors, they began to engage in a physical altercation with both students going to the ground. That is not what happened. We have the video, there's more. Let's go to the leadership of DeSoto County. We have the sheriff, Bill Rasco, and Lake Morton High School principal, John Sartain. These photos are correct. In the original broadcast, we named DeSoto in another state. These are the updated and correct ones. Ms. Stringer told Indisputable the principal helped reverse her daughter's suspension. She actually returned to school on Tuesday. A school district representative also commented and said, through cooperation with local law enforcement, school officials began pursuing the maximum punishment for the parent on the afternoon of the incident. That's what it takes. It should not take this much in order to do the right thing, especially when you're talking about children. They were willing to cover up a crime committed by an adult against a young black female inside of the institution, a high school, children. Two primary operations for anybody who works in K through 12 education. Number one, the safety of the child. Number two, the prowess of the academic curriculum. That's your obligation as a teacher, as an administrator, as a resource officer. You failed them, but it's all right. They got in touch with the right ones this time. Thoughts? Okay, uh, just a huge shout out to you and your team because you completely changed now the trajectory of that young woman's life. And, and that's why these things are so important. You, these administrators have to get these things right. And they were clearly negligent in, in how they handled it. But for her to have gotten um, suspended and a criminal charge based on this, I mean, that's really hard to recover from as a student. How do you apply to college? How do you, you know, get a job? I mean, so wow, I just, I'm so impressed. Um, I, I agree, it's sad it had to come to this, but you really made a huge difference in this girl's life. 
it's iron sharp as iron. All of us are part of the same team moving in the same direction. And that's why we're stronger united than we are separate. I believe in the closed fist rather than the open hand. We have to continue to be a coalition and advocate for those who are historically disenfranchised. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Before I do that, let me remind everybody, Unbossed with Nina Turner right after Indisputable weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. You can also subscribe, youtube.com forward slash Unbossed TYT, remarkable program. All right, Nadius Maximus. Says Bond, question mark. Even James freaking Bond shouldn't get a bond if he were the murderer in this case or attempted to murder. V Brown, her daddy traumatized her for life. It's very true. Carly Benov, I hope this mother sues everyone. What would have happened if you, Dr. Richard, did not report the incident? Thank you, Dr. Richard, for your service and thank you for yours once again. There is no me without you, there is no us without you. T.I.M. Young, member for two months, thank you so much for being a member. Love the content doc, thanks for reporting information that others won't. Appreciate you and I appreciate you as well, thank you for joining us. Twitch, Mike Boy Rap says, that's a 70% win rate. Dude, I play Madden, I could do that. I was thinking the same thing, I got like a 72% win rate, (laughs) all right. Got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. The mafia won't get what they want. The mafia won't get what they want, I guarantee it. How much is that? This is a throwback, Karen, um, highlighting the reality that many times in a Karenicity moment, you actually do not need the police, you need a priest. That seemed demon possessed, what the hell was going on? But there is nothing at a cell phone store that can happen to make me that angry. All right, Uh, this was an interesting dynamic, but big ups to those who were professional with this particular Karen that kept their cool. Continue to be assertive about getting her out of the store. She was disrupting operations. And once again, privilege is off the charts here. Disagreements happen. Things do not always go our way. Going that extreme, well, that may land you right here on Indisputable. Ms. Dahl, thoughts here? 
You know, the thing is, she was so extreme and talking about the mafia. I wasn't sure if there was maybe like something else going on with her that made me wonder. I mean, that's the thing. There's sometimes a fine line between curiosity and maybe like mental illness. She's definitely. I think you're right. They were very professional with her, which was which was good. I'm not quite sure what was going on with her there. Yeah. So we don't have any additional updates, but we may now since we're doing the segment. All right, anti-Karens unite. You're screaming at employees at Walmart, get out of here. That's racist. Yes, it is. No, it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass. Another throwback. If you're laughing, you're going straight to hell. And normally, I would say, hey, I do not condone spraying somebody in a wheelchair with a water hose. But when she hopped her ass up out of that wheelchair, I said, you know what? We're going to be able to do this story. Not a problem. Um, she was yelling the N word to black men across the street. Obviously, it was offensive to them, especially the one who had a water hose. Now, I do not condone violence, but I will submit this. It is a bad idea to yell the N word to a person who has a water hose in front of you. That's simply not a wise thing to do here, Karen. This individual obviously decided to start spraying her with the water hose. It did create an inconvenience, but at the end of the day, she got wet. Maybe, hopefully, learned a lesson. It's not a good idea. It's doll thoughts. I mean, I think you nailed it. The fact is that she, you know, once you say that, once you're going to be so rude and offensive to somebody, I think you're kind of opening yourself up to something. And like you said, it just water. It's pretty harmless. It makes a lot of sense. That's happening. That he had it handy, and I think she will probably think twice about doing that again, especially to him. All right, yeah, especially to him. All right, we got more on the other side. Is indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back. Always good to have you, always good to be with you. Don't forget about the watch list, add the watch list to your watch list. The big homie Jared Jackson, live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. 
Watch live daily and also subscribe at youtube.com forward slash watchlisttyt. A lot of great comments. Okay, texting says heroes carry hoses. Bills dragging circles the wagons. I lost it when she slowly. I I lost it when she slowly put put it away in the wheelchair. Mikey three three four three. Your work prevented a black teenage girl from having a BS assault charge. Follow her for the rest of her life. Do heroes use their platforms? To affect positive change, question mark. In the words of Jank, I guess. Hey, Martin, thank you for this also. Dr. Richie, this is all sub subject, but you're, <laughs> thank you. You're gorgeous, fine as hell. <laughs> Listen, I'll take any compliment. You know what these people say about me on these streets? Any compliment I will accept. Thank you for that. Not that Karen underscore dragon. That's great. Hi, Dr. Richie. My friend's son and best friend has been. Threatened, I think, harassed and stalked by a fellow student slash neighbor at Dean Rusk Middle School in Georgia. Harassing student is son of a cop. Make sure you contact us. We have a we have an email, all right? We have an email. You can contact us directly. We'll put that in the chat so that you can contact us right here to look into it. All right. Um, Mud Dog. Thank you, Mud Dog. Sending some love, keep up the good work. We might not agree on everything, but I appreciate your view. And I appreciate you saying that. Agreement, complete agreement is not required in every, as a matter of fact, in any relationship that you have. Nobody will completely agree with you. So I appreciate your sentiment. Hey, Martin, thank you again. Uh, YouTube member, uh, Jersey, welcome to Double Doser. Love it, I appreciate you already. Okay, Tim Hortons, well, they told a customer she cannot purchase anything for an unsheltered man. Here it is. Hi, Pamphia. Hi, can I get an extra large triple triple? Pamphia? Uh, friend, you want a coffee? If you're asking for the man outside, we cannot. He, he did not ask me for anything, he's my friend. And I've called corporate on Sunday and they actually informed me that I can buy a homeless man a coffee. So I'm recording you. I suggest you give me the two extra large triple triples. But Durham police are not supposed to serve him. You're not serving him. I'm in a vehicle and I'm paying for two coffees. You're not serving him. I know him personally and you can't tell me that I can't buy my friend a coffee. I know him personally. Okay, so for future reference, you can't get a cut of the police. It's okay, I got this all I'm recording for corporate. They asked me to record the next time I come back. How ridiculous is it? What somebody who is working to serve food refuses to allow you to purchase, to purchase something for somebody else, regardless of their status as sheltered or unsheltered. Where's the heart? Where's the humanity? Where's the compassion? Where's the policy? Let's put up the picture of the poster. I'm going to also give background through her own words. She decided to address questions in this video. Here it is. Why didn't I just go up, order the two coffees and give it to him 
on the side. Okay. The reason I didn't do that is probably the same reason that Rosa Parks didn't keep sitting at the back of the bus. Same reason that every Muslim girl continued to wear the hijab to school. Okay. For these reasons, I'm not going to do what somebody tells me to do because they don't like the situation. Not because it's the law, not because it's protocol, not because whatever. They don't like the situation and it makes them uncomfortable. And they're now telling me what to do with me, my money. No. Okay, so I purposely did go up and I asked him to get if he wanted a coffee because corporate needed proof. This happened already on the Sunday. So, yes, it was on purpose that I asked him. I wanted them to hear me ask him for the coffee. She went on to talk about the policy of this establishment and police involvement. Here it is. Talk to the manager. Talk to the manager. The manager was right there. They're a group of little friends, okay? Y'all seem to think that managers are like immediately 50 years old and up. No, managers are 23, 24, 25, okay? The manager was right there. All, about four or five of them were all right there in the window watching me order. It was maybe about 25 feet away. They were watching me order. They saw me pull up to the machine and knew it was me from the prior day. So that's why I didn't talk to a manager. I talked to whoever came through the damn PA box. Following Tim Horton's policy, they're just following policy. They're just following policy. There is no Tim Horton's policy discriminating against anyone, okay? A Tim Horton's policy may include not to allow people who are being belligerent, aggressive, and all those things in the store, and that I respect and I understand. The man was not in the store and he was not on their property. Oh, and then everybody mentioned, oh, well, they said that the police told them to do this. I've already made a reply video on that. That's a bull-faced lie. I called the Durham police. There is no message from them to Tim Hortons to not serve him. Let's put up the CEO of the parent company. His name is Daniel Schwartz, CEO of Restaurant Brands Inc., the parent company of Tim Hortons. There has been no comment from Tim Hortons on the incident so far. We're hoping that changes very soon. Now let's be very clear about how insane this is. The young lady was ordering coffee for another human being, another human being. But for some reason, there's at least a local culture, not policy, but a local culture at that establishment that says people who are unsheltered cannot get coffee through one of the customers of this establishment. There is no written policy for this. There is no law against it. We're talking about coffee. Now, we've been here before. Remember just a few weeks ago, I reported on something very similar that happened at a Pie Pies restaurant. And the reason why this is near and dear to my heart, because the action that the young lady just did, I do all the time. As a matter of fact, anyone who rolls with me, they know exactly what's going to happen when somebody asks for food in my presence. You come down here, you sit with me, let's have a conversation. If I have to be somewhere quickly, I will still make sure they stand with me as I order whatever they choose. It's a small thing to do for a person who's struggling. They're already down, they already got a tough life. Why would you make it tougher? 
The universe has a way of revisiting that stuff back upon you. Why would you make their life harder? It's a simple decision. Don't deny their humanity. All right, Ms. Doll, thoughts here. It just seems crazy to me that you would think that you can control what somebody does with the food after they buy it at that point, you know, under the law, it's their property. What they want to do with it should be their choice. You know, if they didn't want to serve her because they were afraid where their food was going to go. Okay, um, but they were willing to take her money for her coffee. Mm. So it seems to me like they kind of want it both ways. They want to be able to essentially control um, something that's totally powerless over them. As a customer, you should be able to buy what you want, right. what you do with it afterwards, or you know, don't serve them. If you're so afraid your money is going to go someplace, or if your food is going to go someplace you don't want it to go. And here's the thing, I've worked in fast food restaurants as a teenager. Those were the only jobs I could get. And what did we do with the food at the end of the day? We either A, threw it away, B, took it home. That's it, that's what we would do with the food. There was there was always excess food left over. All right, hopefully this creates a response from the parent company, we shall see. What if I told you that cops are being accused of stealing and drinking alcohol while on the job? This was at the EDM festival. Let's put up the graphic here, full mass, so ironic. Here's a promo material for the festival. Several NYPD officers and supervisors were stripped of their guns and their badges. After allegations, they stole and drank alcohol while on duty at the Electric Zoo Music Festival. Let me give you the background. So far, it's been revealed. Some officers were from the narcotics unit, specifically three detectives and their supervisor who were on duty at the Labor Day weekend festival. The three officers and their supervisor with the NYPD's narcotics division have been placed on modified duty or reassigned. Their supervising lieutenant was placed on modified duty and transferred out of the Manhattan North Narcotics Unit. The cops were assigned to the electric zoo concert between September 2nd and September 4th, when at least one of them swiped a bottle of alcohol and began passing it around to his coworkers, a police source with knowledge of the case said. Okay, so you have intentional theft, and then you have obviously a violation of policy and protocol, the drinking on the job, and they're supposed to provide security. And then to add another layer of irony, these individuals are part of a unit that is supposed to regulate and arrest individuals engaged in the transaction of controlled substances. There's more. All right, upon hearing the allegations, a supervisor immediately reported the incident to the department's Internal Affairs Bureau. The NYPD said in a statement, the Bureau, which investigates corruption within the NYPD, is, and I quote, working closely with the Manhattan DA's office in light of the claims. The quote says, these are troubling allegations. A police spokesperson said in a statement, our work in this case is not done, and we will continue to go where the facts take us. Police will make the officers disciplinary outcomes available when the investigation is complete 
a department spokesperson said. We're still waiting on this story to develop more to get exacting information on those who were involved. Eventually that information must come out. It is still under review right now. There's an ongoing investigation, including an IA investigation. But here's the question, you gotta think about it in a different context. They're trying to frame it in a way that says, well, these cops did something wrong, they did something bad, but they only violated policy. That is not true. They also violated law, that's a crime, theft is a crime. If they would have seen a person steal alcohol or anything else, what do you think they would have done? They would have arrested them. It doesn't matter if they're not the arrest people for alcohol unit, they would have arrested them. Even being the narcotics unit, if they saw theft in front of them, that person would have went to jail, period. There would have been a criminal charge, there would have been a criminal investigation, and there would have been a criminal prosecution. They're not even talking about a criminal charge. They're not even talking about a criminal investigation, and they're damn sure not talking about a criminal charge or indictment, etc. So why? You have to be really, really careful about allowing them shape the framework of the narrative. What they're trying to do is present a point of view that says we did everything we could do in order to remedy what they did. No, you are ensuring that they will have no criminal penalty for what is known as a criminal offense. Theft is illegal. And the reason why this is important is because typically corruption is not linear. Corruption exists and permeates on multiple levels. They have just shown you their character. Why would you play these games? All right, attorney thoughts here. Yeah, I think you have got that exactly right. I mean, it's true. It's like a very, um, the amount of money involved in a theft is so small that even a regular person may not necessarily get charged with a crime. But the fact that they're not even discussing it, not even looking into it, not seeing if this was a habit, how often this kind of thing has happened before. I think it's almost similar, it reminds me a little bit of the coaches story that we heard about. This idea that certain actions are okay depending on your work environment and you know police officers are so entitled to many more um, you know privileges to be honest than the rest of us that somehow they are also privileged enough to do this so I think that you're right that should be in addition it's good that they at least like took them off the force but that should be a part of the discussion is um, you know you also committed this crime and you know whether or not we charge you know whether or not there's resources enough to charge that should at least have been something they talked about and looked into yeah definitely and every single profession except for policing there's a higher standard of responsibility if you are a medical doctor you have a higher standard of care if you are a psychologist you have a higher standard of care if you are an attorney as you know you have a higher standard of responsibility and there are things that you can do that would be illegal for you but not legal not illegal for somebody else but when it comes to police officers, their professional standard gets flipped the other way. They get benefits, privileges, and immunity, not held to a higher standard of accountability. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me remind everyone, if you have a story that we need to look into, make sure you email us at indisputable at tyt.com, indisputable at tyt.com. 
Also, Mississippi, we have now raised $18,651. We have a goal of $28,000. We are roughly $10,000 away from our Mississippi water crisis fundraising goal. If everyone watching donated $5, we can reach that goal to help us send clean water and testing kits to the people of Jackson, Mississippi. If you can, make a donation today at tyt.com forward slash relief, all right? Thank you in advance. Okay, Mickey C, the silver hair dragon. Just when we thought corporate couldn't sink any lower, feeding a homeless man is against the rules. You do not want to tell me how I can spend my hard earned money, especially when it's to help someone. That's right, that's the spirit, all right? Snack underscore Panther, member for three months, thank you for that. Must be nice to drink on the job, commit a crime and still have a damn job. Thanks Dr. Richard, AKA the people's champ and I appreciate you as well. But you're right, this would not be allowed if you worked, I don't know, in let's say a fast food restaurant. If you did that, you would be fired, you know why? Because they have standards there, okay? Letitia Mays, welcome to Indisputable, thank you so much. Tired of the ish says, when I worked at Starbucks, I would give a sandwich and a drink to a homeless man every day. He disappeared one day, so Speedy, I always think about you and hope you're okay. I have a few people like that in my life as well. I saw them every day for a very long time, and then all of a sudden I did not see them. I wish them well also. Okay, candidate, GOP candidate in blackface being supported by all of her white friends. Let's put up the picture, full mass here, isn't that something? GOP allies are defending an Arizona candidate after photos of her in blackface. And I got another one of her in brownface, all of this surfaced online. The candidate is Mary Ann Mendoza. She is running in the Arizona House of Representatives election for legislative district nine covering West Mesa and other areas. Now, I want to explain something because there are always people who push back, some authentically so, they do not know the history. What's so offensive about blackface? Let me give you the background. Stage plays in the United States of America, the people who went to them were so racist that when black actors and actresses were allowed to actually perform in stage plays because of their extreme talent. Those black actors and actresses had to wear black makeup, black paint over their black skin in order to engage in the industry of theater. The reason is because white people took offense to the natural black skin of those in the performance. So in order for them not to be offended, the black actors and actresses were mandated to put black paint over their face and over their body so that they could appease a white audience. That's the background. And then the features would be over exaggerated to fit the traditional sentiment and racist bigoted sentiment of the white consumer. I hope that background clears it up. In these photos, she's wearing black face. Let's put it back up. Um, for and as she said, Aunt, Jem, Aunt Jemima costume. Mendoza has not yet made any public statements um, because 
what the hell can you say? She also did brownface. Let's put it up. All right, there it is. Blackface and brownface. Okay. Let me give you some background on candidate Mendoza. Mendoza was one of former President Donald Trump's angel moms. She started speaking out about illegal immigration after her son, Mesa Police Sergeant Brandon Mendoza, was killed in a head-on crash with an undocumented immigrant in 2014. While the photos surfaced on Twitter this month, some of the photos of Mendoza appeared on her deceased son's old Facebook page and post dated October 2011. She is in blackface while wearing that costume you saw and she is in brownface in the Native American costume and post from a 2012 Halloween party. She's been doing this for a while. Let's put up a picture of who's defending her. US Representative Debbie Lesko, Arizona is defending this person and continues to endorse me, Mendoza. In an email statement, she said, and I quote, instead of focusing on decade old Halloween photos posted by liberal opponents right before an election, voters care about a secure border and common sense policies that will keep Arizona strong. That is what voters will get with Mary Ann Mendoza. Let's put up Kathleen Wynn, okay? This is a supposed friend of Mendoza and former congressional candidate said, and I quote, her heart is pure and she deserves our full support. Whatever makeup she wore is no worse than drag queens. Look at that, how ironic is this? There's more, Lorena Austin on the left, let's put it up. And Seth Blackman on the right, the two Democratic running, the two Democratic candidates running against Mendoza, released the following joint statement. It says, and I quote, these recently released photos of our opponent are a display of violent racism. These photos are disgusting, hate filled, and unfortunately part of a pattern for Mary Ann Mendoza. Both believe the photos should be disqualifying to this candidate. Um, and they're right as far as controversy connected to Mendoza. There's more in 2020, she decided she reposted a series of tweets promoting anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, which led to her removal from the Republican National Convention. Damn, she basically got removed from the KKK, which led to her removal shortly before she was scheduled to speak. She later apologized. Uh, stating that she had, and I quote, not paid attention to the whole message. That does not reflect my feelings or personal thoughts whatsoever. Isn't it interesting that the party of personal responsibility all of a sudden cannot find themselves responsible for a damn thing they do? Everybody gives them an excuse. Everybody provides cover, barrier, safety for their extreme and insane behavior. But when it comes to, I don't know, let's say a very poor person who has a need for a meal, all of a sudden it's their fault. They gotta pull themselves up by the bootstraps. Their decisions created this, they must bear the penalty of society. But when it's one of them engaging in insensitive and insane behavior, all, all of their surrogates come to their defense so that they can avoid responsibility and never have to be accountable to the communities that they offend. 
is all thoughts here. Yeah, you know, I would say vote, vote, vote. You know, yeah. especially Arizona. I mean, I know Georgia also like huge elections, but the Arizona GOP. This is not surprising. The candidates they've put forward, the candidates they're standing behind are really scary and it is a border state. And we've had that sheriff come out of Arizona that was horribly you know, racist. And so it's so important to vote right now. The GOP governor candidate, Carrie Lake, is some, it just, it just, there's so much. You know, I wish I could say it, it was only this person, how horrible her actions are. But I'm afraid that there's like a ton of the Arizona GOP right now. And people really have to come out and vote. They can start voting now. Early voting has already started. Don't wait. Well said. That is it. The power of the vote. You are a part of the board of directors. You are a voting member. Make sure you exercise that right. Okay, cops, they tried it, but got shut down. It was beautiful to witness. Here's the video. Are these men harassing you citizens? Yeah. What probable cause does he have to ask you for your ID? Yeah. What about it? And I don't have anything out of it. Does it look like there's anything out of it to me? Looks like a brand new bottle of beer. It is. Hello, Mr. Gray. Mr. Birkin. The seal isn't even broken on that bottle. What the f is wrong with you people? Sir, you just back up a little bit. Okay. Well, maybe you should just back up a little bit. That seal is not even broken. I can see it from here. Look at that. That is a fully intact seal. That's not it. Here it is. She's not committed. This woman has committed no crime. She is being harassed by the Denver Police Department. They're charging her with a drinking in public, and the seal is still on the bottle. What the is wrong with these people? Get the out of here, pig! No justice, no peace. These stupid police! Get the out of here, pig, and stop harassing innocent citizens! You took an oath to uphold the law, and abusing people is breaking the law. You need to go back to school. Go yourself. What the is wrong with these people? Do you know what the is wrong with yourselves? Because we don't. Maybe you could share it with us so we'd understand. Damn, that was beautiful. Let's put up a picture of these harassing ass cops who literally went and walked and went to the corner. Okay, this happened in Denver. You're looking at Denver PD's finest. The names of the two Denver PD officers are gray and we think Birkin based on the video, okay? You see them there, they got on the looks, all right? They got dressed that morning saying that they were gonna go out and fight crime by harassing citizens for things that are not illegal. Now, some of you may not like the words of the individual who was recorded. I wanna remind you of something. 
He only said words, those cops were about to commit an action that would have turned the life of that young lady upside down for absolutely nothing, for nothing. They put themselves in that situation by not following their own rules, policies and laws. The video was uploaded by owned cops on Twitter who provided this context. Denver PD, Denver PD cops were attempting to cite a young woman with public consumption for carrying a beer bottle in public, which by the way is completely legal. The man noticed that the seal on the beer bottle was still intact and called out the cops for being dodgy. Shortly afterwards, Denver PD cops fled the scene. Let's put up a picture of the police chief, his name is Ron Thomas. Now Ron, if it had not been for this good Samaritan, for this good citizen, decided to uphold the laws of that local community and the state. If it had not been for that person, your cops would have broke the law, charged a citizen, and that citizen would have had her life turned upside down because of your cops. So you have a job to do here. You can believe that this is a one-off chief, or you can take it for what it is. You have officers who are engaged in this kind of conduct And this time they were caught. Now we need a response from PD. Ms. Dahl, you being an attorney at law, understanding the legal statute as it relates to an open container. You can purchase alcohol in the United States of America. You can walk around with it. It is not a broken seal on that bottle. Why do you think these cops were going to try to cite her for public consumption of alcohol when there was no consumption of alcohol and the bottle was not even open. Yeah, it's really, you find the craziest videos by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wow, okay, Um, and that's hard to say, right? I'm not quite sure why. She did seem like she had a hard time answering the question to the person taking the video. Possible she was intoxicated and and kind of caught the attention of the police, I don't know. But you know, she clearly probably didn't rise to the level of a public intoxication citation. Uh, But so not sure, but definitely there was a seal, clearly they couldn't do it. And you know, great for that guy for calling them out. But also, I have to say, I'm glad the police officers walked away and they didn't try to cite her for public intoxication or honestly something else. Because, you know, at least in the moment they realized they were wrong. Should they not have done it to begin with? No. But I'm glad they at least walked away and didn't come up with something else. Who knows, maybe like jaywalking. I mean, there's so many things a police officer can cite somebody for. I'm glad they at least walked away. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, we have a lot of show left. Let me remind you of an ongoing fundraiser. Jelana Dunlap, young lady that was on the program, she was physically assaulted by the police, did nothing illegal, was working, simply working at the property manager's request. She was assaulted by Fayetteville, North Carolina cops, not charged. And initially, when she filed a complaint, they gave her no indication there was an investigation. We covered that story exclusively. We were able to get the video and we interviewed Ms. Dunlap. Well, she lost her job 
even though she did nothing wrong. She lost her job and we are helping her raise a few dollars. She is being represented by legal counsel now. Ms. Dunlap was harassed and assaulted by Fayetteville, North Carolina police working on site as a property manager herself. Now she's lost a job, we're helping her with the GoFundMe. Make sure you contribute what you can, all right? Currently we're at $2,315 for her. Also, don't forget about Mississippi. Mississippi, let's not forget about Mississippi. We started to cover this pretty early on. And now we have raised over $18,000 to help the citizens of Mississippi and the water crisis they're continuing to face. It is so sad and so unfortunate that infrastructure, a lack of attention, policy protocol, defunding, all of that has led to what you see happening in Jackson, Mississippi. That is a primarily black community. And also don't forget right after indisputable, unbossed with Senator Nina Turner. Make sure you tune in 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1 p.m. Pacific time, that's every weekday. You can also subscribe to this remarkable show at youtube.com forward slash unbossedtyt. Nina exposes how the elites in government, media and other sectors game the system and what we can do to fix the corruption. Tune in on tyt.com forward slash live, YouTube, Facebook or Twitch. And finally, do not forget to add the watch list to your watch list, the big home of J.R. Jackson. That's every weekday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Watch live daily, subscribe at youtube.com forward slash watch list TYT. We just have a bunch of dope ass programming. Let's just put it that way. All right, let me read some of these amazing comments. Nostra Science says, I couldn't even contemplate doing Halloween blackface as a kid. My father explained to me the sad racist history legacy of this form of black menstrual music theater. I'm so glad that your father was thoughtful enough to explain the background to it. Very good stuff. All right, um, this kid says too bad the makeup washed off. She should pay the price for that bad choice. Yeah, A Martin, I thank you for this A Martin. He just made my day. We need that anti-caring everywhere. Talking about the Denver police debacle. Uh, thank you for this, Lucia Scaboni, Dr. Ritchie, the work you do and inspire all of us to do. It's nothing short of amazing. I greatly admire you and all at TYT. I'm so glad I found this group during the pandemic. Oh, And I wish it Karen would, my fave. Uh, we thank you for that, it is a team effort. I have the absolute best producers in this country, probably on the planet, all right? So it is definitely appreciated that you appreciate what we do. Locro says, the glasses again, they all go to the same barber <laughs> and same sunglasses website. <laughs> that is so true. It's like, damn, both of y'all figured out how to get these uh, dumbass shades at the same time. Obviously, you shop at the same place. Okay, look at that. Who in the hell does that? Okay, who does that? Twitch, start and park racing. She needs attention to rile up the morons of her district. Outrage sales, talking about the candidate and Jax Drax. Cops don't admit they are wrong no matter what. Calling them out only makes cops double down usually. Not this time though, this man is freaking awesome. I mean, in the way he was yelling, it was almost like 
a, a crime was being committed in the moment. And technically, it was. Technically, it's against the law to arrest somebody for not committing a crime. It's illegal. All right, let's do it. Predator police chief flip flops on his own resignation. Let's put his picture up. This guy is such an interesting, corrupt person. Plaque Mine, Louisiana, the police chief, his name is Kenny Payne, originally planned to resign. Why? Because he wanted to avoid criminal charges tied to a case where a woman alleged he wanted oral sex in exchange for charges dropped against her boyfriend. This was a credible allegation. So initially the chief said, ah, you know what? I'd be damned, you got me, I'm just gonna resign to avoid criminal prosecution. And then according to Mayor Ed Reeves, let's put up the mayor here. <clears throat> the chief no longer plans to resign. Hmm. Kenny said he didn't do it. That's what the mayor said, <laughs> Kenny said he didn't do it. And he's going to defend himself, said Mayor Reeves. Reeves says Chief Payne called him on Tuesday morning to say he was not resigning. He said at some point in his career, he's going to retire, but he's going to do it on his own time and on his own nickel, said Mayor Reeves. DA Tony Clayton confirmed a grand jury has been convened on November 21st to hear the case. So the DA has said, okay, I don't give a damn which way this goes. We are convening the grand jury. We are going to submit the evidence and we will do what this grand jury mandates. That's why grand juries, especially against cops are important. So when posed a question by WAFB's reporter, if he believes Payne should resign, the mayor said, no. I think he's doing a pretty good job. The board of selectmen appointed Payne to serve as interim police chief back in 2015. After police chief Orion Galato's death, Payne ran for and was elected to the office last year. That same year and has been chief ever since. Now we're gonna continue to follow this story because here's what typically happens with allegations like this against men like the chief. You get one grand jury because one person was brave enough to say what actually happened to them. You end up getting more because more people feel empowered to come out. More people start saying, me too, it happened to me too. So we will see if there's a pattern of misconduct connected to this police chief. And I can only imagine what would make the mayor support this police chief without any words of support or care for the alleged victim in this case. And remember, the victim has enough evidence to where the DA believes there's some there there. That's why they have continued to push this investigation and convene the grand jury. Ms. Dahl, thoughts here. So essentially a grand jury is the one that is going to decide whether or not there's probable cause to bring a charge. 
a judge can do that, but this usually does a grand jury in high profile cases like this. So the fact that the mayor was so supportive of him, I agree, is a little bit unusual. You would think he would at least say, you know what, we'll wait and see until what the grand jury says. So I don't know, maybe there have been complaints before and they've been covered up. I mean, that's what happens in institutions. Like you said, usually this not just the one time. And usually men who do stuff like this have people who are willing to make it easier for them to do it again. So I think it's great to like stay on this story and see how it goes. And I'm sure the reason why he flip flopped on the resignation is the DA said, you know, I'm not gonna not charge you just because you resigned, which is a ridiculous thing. It shouldn't matter whether or not he resigned to bring the charges. So that was definitely the right call by the DA. But I'm sure that's why he changed his mind. He was hoping if he just quit, the criminal charges were gonna be dropped, which is that's not how the criminal law works in our country. Right. And here's the other dynamic, as long as he remains chief of police, guess who has to pay for his legal defense? Mm. They do, the government does, citizens, taxpayers. So they're gonna have to now foot the bill for his legal defense. This may not be the only charge he ends up fighting. And I will say this as a person who has had many conversations off record with prosecutors who are prosecuting cops and police chiefs or whistleblowers, typically, there's always a culture of additional knowledge they have that they cannot say on the record. They have um, they have information that cannot meet the standards of evidence, but they know it. They know it happened, but they're not able to present it in a court of law. And nine times out of ten, when I engage with an individual who is prosecuting a cop, they have so much background information, but they can only bring one out of let's say five actual things that they've done because of the rules of evidence. Can you speak to those rules of evidence and why sometimes you will see one case significantly prosecuted and you will say, well, goodness, all of that for this one case. But many times there's a lot of background that we don't know. And oftentimes the other, like you would say, alleged victims maybe didn't have enough for a charge, but they're brought in as witnesses to show these prior bad acts, to show motive and intent. And that's how often kind of when somebody like Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. you know, he was convicted of only maybe a few women doing things with, but there was many more who testified. And so if you are somebody who's done multiple bad things, even if they can't charge you for all those things, it makes it much easier for them to bring a conviction. And your point about the police union, I think was so great. I think that the police union has to represent a police officer because it's during their job. But the city should, the police, the city pays for it. I think the police union should pay for damages. And I think that would be how they would kind of self enforce a lot of their ethics, which they don't have. We've talked about that, they should have ethics. Well said, I advocate also for police officers to have malpractice insurance similar to that of medical doctors and psychologists, etc. Unfortunately, now the bill is foot, it will be supplied and paid by taxpayers. Unfortunate, but real. Ms. Dahl, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it as always. They can find me at Ask Dina Dahl on all social media platforms, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you, my dear sister, as always, looking forward to next time. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.
Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need healthcare, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop. And you won't stop either.